0: Yes, you are on the Harlan Highway podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This could be the best day of your lives. Hey, it's Harlan Williams. You are on the Harlan Highway podcast, as the announcer just said. The announcer was me. Uh, Thank you for being here. Great show today. Uh, Just fair warning, at the end of the show, I'm getting a little tired of all the Trump bashing. So at the very end of the show, right at the end, I'm giving you a disclaimer right now. Uh, you might not want to listen to the end if you if you if you if you're a Trump hater, okay. So I'm giving you warning. I don't want to get all your emails and your phone calls. <laughs> don't if you don't like if you if you hate Trump, don't listen to the end of the show. But I'm I'm sticking up for him a bit. I'm getting a bit overwhelmed by all the hate. Also, uh, we're gonna have a Harland Highway question of the day. A beautiful question of the day. We're gonna have a pavement pounder. Uh, Doing some rap music for us Oh my god And then we kind of get into a big conversation About the rap culture and the rap scene Uh, Professor Rutherford Grimes uh, He's a professor in uh, African American sociology And urban planning and all that stuff And he's going to be calling in to discuss uh, Rap music and its effects on uh, society So here we go This is the Harlan Highway I have an announcement
1: make. You're about to go down the Harlan Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do
0: I have to fuck to get off this phone? 90. 90. 90. 90. I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> you're a cantaloupe. All right,
0: hold tight on the Holland Highway Show. I'm
1: ashamed, big daddy. That's why I'm a drunk when I'm drunk. I can stand myself.
0: Keep leaning
1: on that tutor, Charlie, and you're going to get a shot in the mouth.
0: Act like a man. What's the with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams.
1: The rest is bullshit and you know it. Hello? Hello?
0: Hello? Welcome to my world.
1: Please be kind, Joe. Here's my house. Can so you get tapped on the spinal? Dad was a DJ. I scratched his vinyl. Mom was a dancer. I'm part of vinyl. It's me again. King of the one-liner. Major key alert. Songs in a minor. Papa say that nice, but I'm much kinder. Better bring me props like a set designer. Turn my mic up. Don't make me scream. My rhymes of sunflower seem Just for the king. Sitting hot shells. But I'm doing it clean. Christ rules everything. around me cream. I said stress go away, look, I want my chill time. I pray and meditate and I feel fine. I need the calm body and the clear mind. What I seek out is what I will find. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Peace and prosper. Where's the pound button?
0: I don't know, but nothing like starting the show with a uh you know a uh a rap from one of the pavement pounders. I mean that just you know, that just like whoa. I mean hoo, whoa cool, right? What up, what up, what up, what up what up. Oh yeah, word to that, Whoa. Man, I mean, that is some solid, solid rap action right there. I mean, holy crap. All I can say is where in the name of holy hell is the pound button, bro? Where's the pound button? Pound button, bro.
1: Pound, 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 pound button. Where's the pound button? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Oh.
0: Mom was a dancer. on am part He Yeah, sing it, boy. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up. Oh, yeah, there it is. The There's rap, the the rap world. It's an interesting world, isn't it? The, the, the rap world. A lot of it uh, comes out of uh, urban culture. A lot of uh, the rap uh, movement came out of, uh, you know, b- black disgruntled youth. A lot of uh, younger uh, black kids living in in, uh, the projects and, uh, you know, having experiences in the streets. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a go-to way of expressing themselves. And, uh, you know, some of them used it as a way to climb above uh, any of the uh, maybe desperate situations that they were in or... They found it as a way to create a means to uh, to you know bring themselves up financially and and artistically and all that stuff. There's there's a lot in in the rap, the urban rap uh, world. I mean, it, you know, it also applies to uh, white rappers and Asian rappers and and Latino rappers. But I, I think I think kind of the whole thing started. Uh, in, in the, uh, in the African-American black culture. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, Roger's on the phone. He's waving me. We got him. Okay. Yeah. This gentleman can probably explain it way better than I can. Uh, this is a, a man who, who works up at Berkeley in uh, Northern California, up by, uh, just, uh, close to San Francisco, professor Rutherford Grimes. He's a, uh, he's been on the show before. He's a professor of uh, African American uh, social studies, African American culture, African American history. Uh, he's got many diplomas in uh, black sociology, and he has a, a very, uh, a very rich and deep understanding of the black community, uh, the black uh, culture. As I said, and uh, I think it would be interesting to put him on and have him explain kind of the roots of of the rap culture and and what it represents, what it means, what it's done for the African American American community both uh on a musical level, on an artistic level, on a social level. Uh maybe uh we can touch on on why it was important or or even touch on how it may be detrimental to society. Who knows? There's those those that say rap is violent and ugly and 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 crass and racist and demeaning to women and then there's those that say it's a vehicle to lift people up and help them prosper so without further ado let's get professor uh, rutherford grimes on the line and uh let's ask him all these important questions uh are you there sir uh
1: are you, yes mr williams it, it's good to be here sir thank you for having me on your uh, your broadcast
0: Yes, yes, sir, Professor Grimes. Uh, it, it's great to have you. We always like getting your insight, your perspective on these matters, and I, I think you heard the intro. Could you comment on, on the rap culture uh, in the black community, sir? Uh, well, Mr. Williams, uh, although, uh, albeit uh, to, to some of the claims you made,
1: some of the observations you made, uh it does stem from a, a uh you know a violent aspects of our culture uh nefarious access of the uh, drug trade, uh, illegal drugs, uh gang violence uh poverty, impoverishedness uh, uh neighborhoods that are you know possibly substandard in terms of the housing and the education and and so uh the rebellious uh, voices of the black youth uh, were able to find an outlet uh mr williams an escape if you will uh in in the rap music and the lyrics that they were uh you know uh, uh, constructing on the street
0: yeah it, it really you know if nothing else it really came from an honest place a sincere place it it was literally probably a, a byproduct of, of the environment that these young kids were were, were living in.
1: Absolutely, Mr. Williams. And, and, and so when you are full of rage, when you are perhaps full of hopelessness, uh, sometimes people are the only thing they have left to turn to is of their artistic self, what's in their heart, what's in their soul, what their eyes are seeing, what their hearts are feeling. And uh, children are wrapped up in that environment, that intense, uh, chaotic environment. that They have a, a need to emote, uh, Mr. Williams, to express oneself, if you will.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. and And sometimes the most destitute or desperate of situations can very often spawn uh you know art because it's it, it's like it, it's such a dramatic culture a dramatic <coughs> excuse me professor a, a dramatic and dramatic environment to be in that it, it 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 just inspires uh even though it might not be in a positive way
1: well well there's another there's another element that that come into play with the black culture mr williams and uh you know, a lot of lot of children in 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 these uh, neighborhoods, in these low-income neighborhoods, or these these crime little gang-driven uh, neighborhoods, uh, a lot of the, the the youth are forced at a very very early age uh, to to look at life in real black and white colors.
0: Yeah, I I think I know what you mean, sir. It's very stark. It's very bleak. Well, have you
1: ever heard the expression of uh, Mr. William? The the glass is either half full or the glass is half empty, sir.
0: Yeah, that that's uh, that's a pretty common uh, phrase. Yes.
1: Well, in this case, uh, the the children in 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 these uh, these environments in neighborhoods, uh, they looked a lot of them didn't have a glass to drink out of. I mean, that's how destitute some of these.
0: Uh, young children were. It, it's just horrible to think in this day and age in the United States of America that people don't have plates and glasses and...
1: So, so my point is, Mr. Williams, that it's hard to do the half-full, half-empty glass comparison when you don't even have a glass to drink
0: from. Yeah, that just breaks my heart.
1: So what a lot of these children uh, did, Mr. Williams, have you ever heard, uh, we have a wonderful actor in uh, Thespian, if you will, here in the United States of America. He's an Oscar winner.
0: Um, An actor,
1: sir? Oh, he's an Oscar winner, Mr. Williams. Uh, He just recently came out, uh, played a wonderful, wonderful role, very intense in the, the movie The Black Panther did you did you see the Black Panther movie Mr. Williams
0: I, I did see the Black Panther movie I, I wasn't a huge fan of it well whether, whether you're a fan of it
1: or not there is an iconic African American actor in that movie who is uh, beloved by most of the African American uh, community they look up to this man he, uh, I said it before he's won Oscars he's been nominated for Oscars I'm talking about Forrest Whitaker. Are you
0: familiar with his work? Yes, Forrest Whitaker. Absolutely, sir. An incredible actor. What a talent. Uh, Absolutely. And so so when...
1: When the youth in, in these crime-riddled streets and these low-income impoverished neighborhoods, Mister Williams, they they need a light to look up to. They need something to grab hold of. You see, and when they look at someone as successful as a Pauls Whitaker, uh, then you know well, that gives
0: them hope. Okay, and I'm I'm not sure how this relates to you. Were saying something about the glasses half empty or the glasses half full?
1: This brings me around, like I said, a lot of the lot of the family don't have a glass to drink from. So how are they gonna draw that comparison of hopefulness or lack of hope?
0: Okay, I think I see where you're going.
1: So what they do now I don't know if you're familiar with Forrest Whitaker, but his his left eye his left eye are meaty and hang down like a like a mud flap on the back of an eighteen wheeler vehicle.
0: Uh, uh, what was that, sir? Uh, Forrest Whitaker, the actor I was referring to.
1: Y- yes, sir. Uh, his left eye. Now, if you notice, it kind of it half closed sometimes, and sometimes it, it three quarter closed. It looked like looked like a like a Japanese fisherman hooked into a giant squid right in the eye and pulled him up out of the water, and his eyes blinking and flapping. You know that that that
0: gelatinous squid meat. What? Wait a minute. You. What? What? Yes, I think we're familiar. With Forrest Whitaker has a lazy eye. Is that what you mean? Oh, that,
1: that eye more than lazy. i tell you what. That eye in the fucking welfare line, that eye, that eye's is beyond lazy. I mean, that that fucking that, that eye is having a siesta underneath the, the the 405 bridge is what that eye is doing.
0: Uh, sir, I don't... That sounds a little bit much, uh... You know, I, I don't know that we should be highlighting uh, Forrest Whitaker's eye. And, and by the way, what does it have to do with the half-full, half-glass?
1: Well, well I, if you let me, if you'll be a little patient with me here with you, I'm trying to draw the analogy So uh, when you, the youth, the disrupted youth of, of these communities, uh, the hopelessness, and uh, and what they have to look up to is Forrest Whitaker's left eye, and instead of is the glass half-full or is the glass half-empty? Okay. The, the children look at a picture of Forrest Whitaker on the movie screen, and they go, is Forrest Whitaker's left eye half open or is it half-closed? You see what I'm saying? What? What? Well, I mean, for, for the, you know, a lot of people can't even afford a glass to put in their hand, so for free... For free of charge, they can turn on the TV and there's sports critics eye just hanging down, hanging down like a garage door that went through a level four hurricane. It just ripped off its in his eyelid meat just flapping down like the like the fold on a rhinoceros' fucking back leg, just
0: flapping down, Mr. Williams. Uh, sir, are you telling me that, that children, instead of seeing if the glass is half full or half empty, they're, they're looking to Forrest Whitaker's left eye to see if it's half open or half closed? That's right. Hallelujah. You nailed it. And thank God for the
1: talent of uh, Mr. Forrest Whitaker's
0: Oscar winner. Did I mention that? Yeah. Yes, sir. You've mentioned he's an Oscar winner, but you know, you're, you're lifting him up. But at the same time, I feel like you're knocking him down because you keep referring to his eye. Well, well, now
1: just not any eye, Mr. Williams. I mean, any eye is is, is uh, almond-shaped, or oval, sometimes even quite round. But Forrest Whitaker's eye—oh my goodness—it looks like somebody uh, folded a sleeping bag over like four or five times and you know, stuck it under a cement mixer and uh, had the cement mixer roll over the sleeping bag and press it all down, and his eye just flapping down like a... You ever see a bat hanging upside down in a cave, Mr. Williams? And his, you know, he wraps his leathery wings around his hairy little body. That's like fool Gwinnicka's eye. It's like that, that that eyelid, that meat flap. It, it hanging down over his eyeball and wrap around his
0: eye like a vampire eye. Sir, the Professor, uh, listen, I, I, I think we're straying away from the, the talk about the rap music and you're getting a little, you know, hung up on his eye.
1: Well, you know, Mr. Williams, I, uh, I, you know, I spend time with my, with my faculty and, and in my lab and in my lecture halls and, and I disseminate this uh, this data and this information all day long and and when I... Try to tell you these facts. When I try to share this data with you and you you challenge me, uh, I find that not only offensive, sir, but that, that might be borderline uh, racist.
0: Now, sir, there's no racism at all. I'm, I just feel that we're, we're having this talk about the rap culture and its effects or non-effects on, on the African-American culture, and all cultures for that matter. And you keep kind of drifting back to Forrest Whitaker.
1: Left eye. Oh my God! I'll tell you what. Sometimes in my classroom, I will put up a, a chart. You know, some some scientists in their in their laboratories will put up a you know the chart of the elements, and a, maybe a geography teacher will put up a map of the world. I put up a giant almost about a 12-foot by 9-foot poster of Forrest Whitaker's eye. And I have my students, I say, I say, look at that flap. Look at that, look at that, his, his left eye, it's like the way it come down, it's like if someone, if the Incredible Hulk went into an office building and turned an elevator... He took an elevator, and with his great rippling muscles, Mr. Williams, he grabbed an elevator and turned it from vertical to horizontal, and the elevator door came down from up above instead of across. And that's what it looked like. It looked like the Incredible Hulk got slammed an elevator door down on Forrest Whitaker's left eye, just come down, and slowly just ding, 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 you know, just hanging over his eyeball, and... And then he look at you, look at you like a like a like an owl
0: hiding in a cave or something. Sir, can we, you know, Professor Grimes? I, okay, okay, I, I, we 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 got the reference about the half half full, half open, half shut thing. Now, can we kind of steer it back to to? Do you think there's any negative effects of of rap music? You know, some of the some of the language can be quite salty and provocative uh, as, as the, some of the 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 references towards women and and kind of the the gun culture and and the money culture and and you know there's a lot of stereotypes in rap music that I don't think are necessarily healthy
1: well you know, you know, Mr. Williams, I appreciate you saying that because there, there are a lot of negative stigmas attached to a rap culture. And, and uh, I think what you're asking me here, are there other things that a child could look up to? I, I think so. I have to agree with that. Uh, should a child at a young age be exposed to uh, provocative images such as uh, street violence, uh, drag racing, uh, guns? uh women uh, being sexualized and and uh demoralized and that's why mr williams that there, there is something else that children can look at
0: oh okay and something more positive it's something positive but it's intense and it's a little bit
1: scary but i think it teaches a good life lesson okay what what would that be sir Uh, that would be Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Now,
0: hold on for a minute. Sir, if you could... Now, hear me out, Mr. William. This is important. Sir, I'm really not sure... Now, let me speak here, You didn't you?
1: You invited me on your show. I'd I'd like to get my point across.
0: Well, if it's just more about Forrest Whitaker's left eye... Uh, It is, it is. I'll be honest, full disclosure, it is about Forrest Whitaker's left eye, but, but there's a Point here to be made, Mr. Williams. Well, well, make it quickly, sir, because I, I hate to say it, but now you're you're kind of testing my patience and my audience's patience because you keep drifting back to Forrest Whitaker's
1: a left eye. Oh, amen, amen. And here's where Forrest Whitaker's left eye is so important in this conversation, Mr. Williams, because here you have you have a black man in the entertainment business, already the odds are stacked against a black man in the entertainment business, but you layer on top of that, a black man in the entertainment business, and not only is he black, but my God, he's got an eye, a left eye, okay? He's got a left eye that hang down over his eyeball, Oh, it hang down. It swoop low. It like a like a gray storm cloud rolling across from the horizon. It just rolled down on his face. Looked like maybe uh, you know somebody uh, shaved a piece of meat off a of roast beef and got a staple gun and just stapled it to his forehead. And that that meat come flapping down and the grizzle on the edge. when he blink is this, you can you can hear his his left eye making slurping noises just like you know when he when he blink his eye all that, that meat slap together like and just you know imagine if he got something in his eye like a bug in his eye his eye would just flap and sound like a like a meat waterfall Mr Williams
0: oh, Stop It uh, Mr Williams Just Stop It Professor Rutherford Grimes. No. Uh Mr. W- Mr. Williams are you? Yes, I'm I'm telling you to stop it. This is Forrest Whitaker's a fine upstanding Thespian, a human being and I just don't like where this is going. I th- I think this is getting borderline cruel.
1: Mr. Williams, look, you, you know, uh, this is what I do. This is what
0: I do. Well, what you do, sir, is coming off as a bit cold and crass and I, I dare say cruel.
1: Well, look at you. Look at you trying to step on the neck. Step on the neck of the African American man. Sir, don't go there. Look at you. And you know what, right up from the neck? Sir? Right up from the neck is the head. The head of the African-American man. Sir,
0: let's not go there. That's not what I'm doing. And you know what on the head, Mr. Williams? What, professor? On
1: the head, you got the ear. You got the mouth. You got the nose. You got the right eye. Oh, no. And you got the left eye. Ah Mr. Williams, If Forrest Whitaker got a left eye, that eye flap around like a like a stingray that got tossed out of the water by, by a giant killer
0: whale flapping in the air. up Fla- hey, no! God. What is wrong with that guy? Every time I try to get into a serious conversation with him, it's all about Forrest Whitaker's left eye. I don't want to do, good he's gone God I keep getting fooled by that guy because he's this this this, this professor at, at Berkeley and I he's I, I, he's got all these credentials and I always forget that he he keeps bringing it I think every conversation we've ever had with him Roger he, he starts going on about Forrest Whitaker's left eye. I mean, the guy can't help, but he's got a lazy eye. It's not a big deal. Who could? So what? It's a lazy eye, but this guy acts like it's, like the universe revolves around Forrest Whitaker's left eye, for God's sakes. You know, let's just move on. How about can we – let's move on to something easier to digest – Let's do a Harlan Highway question of the day, please. God. The Harlan Highway question of the day. Okay, so here it is, question of the day. It's kind of a weird one, a simple one, but why is it, here's the question of the day, why is it that when when people like who are in a service, whether they're a plumber or a locksmith or a producer or a lawyer or they... Have you ever noticed, and here's the question, why do they give you more than one business card? I've noticed that. Like like people will hand me their business card, like, oh, here, here's some cards, plural. Okay, it's not, here's my card, take it. It's like, here, have some cards. And now suddenly I've got like four business cards of Larry the Plumber I'm like, oh, thanks for all the... B- I'm going to be walking around and handing out plumber cards to all my friends at my next social get-together. You know, the guy... Who, I'm, I'm buying some blinds for my for my windows. Here, have some cards. I'm like, okay. You know, thank... Uh, do I really need four of your cards, six of your cards? I just find it weird. Like, A, they're wasting their own money. Okay, they're they're printing the cards. Nobody needs more than one card. But I just find it odd. I I think it's almost like like in their head they're thinking, if I give him more cards, I have a better chance of hearing from him again. If I give him more cards, he'll be handing them out to all his friends and I'm going to get all kind of residual work. Because you know people like to hand out my card. Like nothing's worse than handing out the business card of someone else. Can you imagine me at some fancy soiree? Hey, uh, Harland, you have a card? Actually, I do. Here. Hmm. I didn't know you were a plumber now, Harland. Well, uh, you asked for my card. I mean, it's not really my... Well, it's mine because someone gave it to me, but now it's yours. Here, have three more. Wait, what? No, I don't want three more. Have six more. Here, have a whole... It's raining cards! Hallelujah! Woo! Just throw them up in the air like confetti. So, you know, th- that's my question of the day. Why-, why do people who give out business cards give you more than one card? Just give me one. That's all I need. I'll put it in my little file, and I'll remember you. The Harland Highway question of the day. The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, I got to talk about this. It's at the end of the show. It might get a little political. So if, if you don't like politics... If you don't like my political point of view, you know I'm a Trump guy. This isn't about Trump. This is more about the system, but I have to talk about Trump because he's part of the system. He's the damn president. So, if you if you if you hate anything I say about Trump or you you just can't stand to hear anything said about Trump and you can't stand people who like Trump, then just stop now because I don't know if you'll get anything out of this segment, but but this doesn't have it has to do with Trump, but it has more to do with our political system and the people involved in it. And I've been watching this stuff. I watch the news. I watch on several different networks. And I look at all this stuff that's been going on for a year and a half with James Comey and the FBI and blah, blah, blah and they've been searching for all this collusion and all this stuff and it's just become apparent to me and again i don't know the answers okay but just if if i'm a if i'm a guy just looking at clues and making deductions and and looking at all the coverage and looking at the media and looking at the forms that are being released and looking at what's been said by the various players, Comey, the, the director of the FBI and, and Andy McCabe is his uh, number two, and a few of the other players. I look at this and I just go, these guys kind of had it in for Trump right out of the gate. I mean, they started the whole Comey with his taking memos and then leaking them and then admitting that he leaked them under oath to the to to Congress and and then saying he leaked them for the purpose of generating a special counsel to investigate Trump and on and on and on and on and then he's out with this book and he's 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 talking about all the things he's done and how he feels and how he actually wished Hillary had won the election and like it just seems very biased to me but again this isn't about who won or lost this this is what i don't like and this applies to whether it was Barack Obama or Hillary or Donald Trump, isn't isn't the president, whoever it may be, the top dog? Like, isn't everyone under the president supposed to be working for the president, supposed to be complimenting the president, supposed to be on the president's team, Supposed to be helping lift the president up and 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 follow the president's orders. I mean, he is the top dog. He's the boss. That's why we elect him. We we don't elect a president to be halfway there. It's like, let's let's hire someone to let's elect someone to run our country, but then not really let them do it. I mean, if Barack Obama or Hillary, whoever's in in power, I want them to have full power. I want them to be in control. And everyone else underneath them has a job to do, but they're subservient to the to the commander in chief. And I'm not suggesting that anyone should just do anything crooked or blindly. But um, I also think that they should, you know, people under the commander in chief should be trying to lift him up and should not be going out of their way to trip him up and trick him up and not support him or her, and do a great job, and work for the betterment of the country, and I'm looking at all this stuff unfold, and I'm sorry, man, it, 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 if, if this same, sh- all these shenanigans had happened to Hillary, I'd be saying the same thing I'm saying right now, if they happened to Barack, I'd be saying the exact same thing, it ain't right, man, it's ugly to watch, it, it, it's using up so much time and effort. And I could see if maybe, you know, three, four years in or even three years in, the head of the CIA was like, you know what? Or the FBI, if he was like, you know what? I'm just not getting along with this guy. I don't like Trump. I think he's a buffoon. I'm not getting along with him. He's crooked. He's this, he's that. But if you follow the timelines... Comey was was starting to work against Trump before he was even inaugurated. Comey was planning and pardoning, pardoning people and, and not investigating people and s- setting Trump up for this whole thing. It seems like the whole group of them were in on it. And it's just like, it's so disheartening because... You know, and and then and then all these guys that the, the former CIA and FBI guys, Clapper and the other ones, they're all out there bad mouthing them. They're writing books about them. They're they're trashing them. They're saying horrible things. They're they're saying stuff. And when when pressed on it, they're like, "Well, I don't know if it's true, but it could be true." Like they're they're just making up all this uh, superficial hearsay about the president, and and it just it degrades. And demeans the office of the president. And, and if I was if I was from another country looking in, I'd be like, God, what kind of country is that? It's almost like when if you're in a relationship and you're at a party and you get in a fight and you think your boyfriend or your girlfriend's going to be on your side and all of a sudden she sides with everyone else and you're standing there like, uh, I, w- I thought I was going to have a little support here. Uh... You know, and it just it just it makes me mad and sad to see all this this stuff, wherein you know I feel like there was a time when it's almost like it's it's like if you want to uh, you know do a comparison to to royalty. It's like you have the king and the queen, and everyone else is their servant. And I'm not saying that the king or queen can just, you there, take off your clothes and jump around naked. It's not It's not that, but there's a hierarchy. There's a pecking order. You know, it's like if, if you go into any police station, there's a, there's a chief of police, there's a commander, there's a corporal, but the chief of police is the top guy, man. And the orders come down from him and everyone respects him and everyone does what they're told and that's how it works. But I, I just feel like Trump got in. He didn't he he didn't get in by any other means than the people of the United States elected him, okay? The people want him. And here's these jackwads in the higher, you know, echelons of the government and and I have to say in a very like scary part of the government, like the intelligence branch of the government, where you have to figure they have the wherewithal and the means and the knowledge to kind of to rig things and jiggle things around and make things disappear, and, like, they're experts in espionage. They're experts in, in stealth and cunning and spying and all that stuff. And, and you see this stuff happening to the president, who, whether you hate Trump or not, man, you, you, you should look at the stuff he's getting done. This guy, you know, I'm I'm kind of over everyone bashing him. This this guy's kicking ass. What do you want? It's like he's your he's like your manager on your baseball team and he's taking you to the World Series and you're sitting there going this guy sucks. What an asshole. What a douche. I mean, you got to stop listening to the rhetoric in my opinion and start looking at the facts and looking at what this guy's done and what he's doing. It's the guy is history. Whether you, you know, you all, all you haters are gonna. The only thing that's gonna remain is the history books and the checklist of all the stuff he got done. And it's gonna be a mind blower. It already is a mind blower what this guy's done in a year and a half. It's like jaw dropping if if you take the time to stop hating and just put your partisanship and and your 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 team to the side and just just look at facts like almost like a court case forget about the emotion forget about all the all the hoopla just look at the facts man there is a lot there man and uh and so it just it it's just it's sad to watch a president that's working so hard trying to get so much done he's very effective at it and even with all this stuff coming at him all this stuff being bombarded and accused and he's still kicking ass more than than any other president it's almost mind-boggling and that's just going to add to his legacy you know with all the blocking that he's had and all the all the all the uh, kind of uh, nefarious things that have been going on where people from from day one have been trying to trip this guy up like not only trip him up but but get him out get him impeached get him get him gone and it's almost like it's almost like if you're on the patriots you say you know what let's get tom brady out of there you know i mean we we don't want a good chance at winning the super bowl in fact we don't even want to get to the playoffs let's get rid let's figure out a way to get rid of brady and let's get a guy a rookie from you know St. Louis, who's never played in the NFL, but we want that guy. He'll get us to the Super Bowl. It's it's just very bizarre. People are so caught up in the hatred and the name calling and the accusations, and they're so determined to trip this guy up and make him look bad. And oh, it's just it, it's it's amazing. It's stunning to watch. Imagine if 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 people got on board and helped this guy try to break poverty and and create jobs and reduce taxes and and try and find world peace, talking to Kim Jong Un and, and uh, you know bombing ISIS and bombing Syria when they're when they're not behaving. I mean, I could go on and on, man. I mean, look, I'm not trying to say everything he does is great. There's things I hate, like fact he's not big on the environment and stuff. I hate that. But that's what I mean. I'm not I'm not here to talk about a you know a guy that I like or a girl that I like. It's just it's just whoever is in there deserves to have their staff working for him. And and that's that, that's the key. They work for him. He's the commander in chief. He's the top dog. They should be they should be doing backflips, kissing his ass, trying to do what what he wants to get done. And and nothing nefarious you know, any leader can get power going to their heads, and next thing you know, it's like, "Well, uh, my my leader of the uh, FBI, uh, I really like what you've been doing, and now I want you to go and chop anyone with blue eyes. I want you to chop their heads off." No, we don't. We don't. We don't want anyone blindly following following power, but we want respectful, responsible. Uh, you know staff members following their leader. That's the way I see it. And again, because I know there's people going, oh my God, this guy loves Trump. I'm trying to tell you. I hate that I always have to justify this, but people get so upset. If Barack Obama was president or Hillary Clinton was president, hear me. Every word I just said would apply to them too, okay? The reason I have to say Trump is because this is the guy it's happening to right now. And not only undermining him, they're being mean to his wife. They're being cruel to his kids. They're being, I mean, it's just that they're just lambasting the whole family. And there's other countries are going, man, that Trump guy, like, yeah, he was a reality star, but as a president, this guy's kicking ass. Wait a minute. Why are all the people hating on him? Why Why are they all making fun of him? Why are they all making up stories about why are they all trying to? get get him kicked out this guy's kicking out if he if you kick him out can we have him we'd like we'd like a lot of this stuff this guy's a this guy's a relentless workaholic this guy's an incredible deal maker this guy's tough he's got balls so I don't know man keep hating if you want to hate but man i would I would just say shake your head and clear out the cobwebs and just you know, work work for what's good for the people and the country and forget about the party affiliation shit. As you as I've said, because I always get people going, ah, oh, you left. I'm not a party guy. I am not a, a Democrat or a Republican. I, I go, I drift to who's doing the best job, who's kicking ass. And I can sit here and say Trump's kicking ass, but you're not gonna believe me if you're a hater. So that's why I say look at the statistics. Look up what he's done. Go through a checklist. The guy's done a hell of a lot, man. So I'll leave it there. I just I had to express my disappointment in, in these, these, these kind of weaselly people that are snaking around and, and not, uh, not being team players, man. They're all like after the fact, little whiny babies, little schoolyard brats. Me, 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 that guy won. Let's get him out. Huh? But, you know, it's almost like you know we talk about bullying. It's almost like all these people have gathered together and they're just bullying the guy. They're, they're bullying his family. They're bullying his wife. They're bullying it. And thank God Trump can stand up to all this foolishness. And that's a sign of a strong leader. This guy's just plowing right through it. And not only that, he's fighting back. When they they throw a fight, a punch, he punches back. And that's impressive, man. Because let's be honest, Obama was not a swinger. Obama just kind of laid back and had the swagger. And there wasn't a lot of fight in that guy, if you ask me. So... Anyways, there it is. I hope anyone who doesn't, uh, you know, like the political talk, which I rarely do. But this is more about, you know, freaking the ugliness of what I'm seeing. Um, so I hope you're able to sit through it. Maybe be objective. Maybe be angry. Be happy. I don't know. It's up to you. That's what this is all about. You don't have to listen if you don't want to. I, I gave you a warning. I told you it was going into politics. So. I don't even know why I apologize. That's that's the craziness of this world now. It's like, ooh, everyone's going to get so upset. Relax, everybody. It's just food for thought. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it right there. And uh, you know, you can make your own conclusions. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to turn you. I'm not trying to make you into something. I'm just I'm just expressing myself if if you want to express yourself you know go to your do your own podcast and make everyone else listen to suffer through your opinions but that's part of why you're here because i you know i like to offer it up and throw it out there uh so there you go uh anyways let's close it up right there and what do we got going on man what do we got going on? Um, let's see. I'm trying to look. Oh, yes. Next week. Next week, my friends, I will fill you in on all the details of my incredible holiday that I took overseas. I went to some incredible exotic places. I will I will share that with you. Uh, bring you up to date on some of the cool stuff. And uh, and then this week, uh, later in the week, uh, May 16th, uh, sorry, May 17, 18, and 19, I will be in Phoenix, Arizona, at the Stand Up Live Comedy Club. Such a cool club, right downtown. Big club, great food, great comedy. Stand Up Live, May 17, 18, and 19. You can catch me there, baby. And then uh, what else? What else will be happening? Uh, Yes, uh, let's see. The following month in June, June 14, 15, 16, I'll be in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. How about that? Up in Canada at a comedy club called Rumors. It's been there a long time. Everybody knows about Rumors. So if you're in town, come and catch the kid tearing it up at Rumors, baby. And uh, go to my website, harlanwilliams.com, where you can see uh, you can see all my uh, stand-up dates. And uh, you can uh, check it out. Check out where I'm going to be and come to a show, hopefully. Uh, you can order your tickets right there online. Also, uh, while you're at harlanwilliams.com, check out our store. Yeah, baby. Uh, we have a store there. We have a contact link. You can write emails to me. Or you can even phone me and leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330, and I might play your little voicemail on the show. How about that? Sparkle! Um, so all cool stuff. Also, don't forget to get our free app, the Harland Highway app. It is available in your app store on your cell phone. And you can become a premium member for $20 a year. And guess what? You get all the episodes I've ever done. Almost 1,000 episodes. Can you believe it? Crazy, baby. So there you go. That's it for today. I hope you had a good time. A little bit of the uh, bizarre, the weird, the political, the social, all that stuff. But that's why you're here, right? You like to hear me talk. Maybe not. I don't know. It's all out there for us to enjoy and consume. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Tell your friends to get on the Harlan Highway, damn it. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. What a what up, what up, what up, what up? With the pound button.